Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Kimberly Spencer, an award-winning, high-performance, trauma-informed coach and trainer, an Amazon best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and a founder of crownyourself.com, and the CEO of Communication Queens. And they help visionary leaders to transform their self-limiting stories, to build their empire, to stand out fearlessly and create a body, a business, and a life that absolutely rules. Oh, love that. Kimberly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Mark. I'm so excited to unforget myself with you. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. Well, hey, let's get straight into it. So can you expand a bit more on you know, where are you today with your business and who is it that you love to work with? Yeah, so I've been an entrepreneur since I was 19 years old. So this is Crown Yourself was my third third business, and um, Communication Queens was my fourth that we just started back in January. Um, I love working with the visionary leaders, the founders, the CEOs who have really big dreams. Where it's not just they want to make money. They want to transform an industry or a system and revolutionize it. I love working with uh, revolutionary and disruptors and thinkers that choose to think in a different way. And then I love to give those disruptors some visibility through our Communication Queens business, which gets our clients booked on podcasts strategically. Love that. So there are those, those words, the transform, revolutionize, the disruptors. Oh my gosh, this is these are the people, these are the change makers. This is where the fun and games comes in. So with, with these people, how is it that you are able to, to help them? What is it that you really help them to sort of work through or to do? So first we look at their initial identity, their starting point. Because they think that you can't, you can't get to, you can't be in the race if you're not, if you're shooting yourself, wooding yourself, why would be there, could be there. You have to look at actually where you're starting at. And so from there, we look at what their what their mindset is and because everything comes down to how you think about it. And so I work them through a process of neuro-linguistic programming, timeline therapy, hypnosis to really unlock some of those subconscious structures that may have been holding them back and mm-hmm. then take them into another level of high performance with uh, our high performance curriculum and our Queen Bee coaching curriculum, which guides them through a process of thinking about their mindset, their skill set, their sales, their marketing, their branding, their vision for the future, the people that they're working with, their values and that subconscious structure of the business and how to then differentiate themselves and de-identify themselves from the business structure and actually have what is their role as a leader and how to lead that and then move into the next thing that they're wanting to lead. Mm. And this is where obviously our modality is different, our, our different techniques, the way of working. 
but with unforget yourself it's so wrapped into your identity to unforget yourself to remember that you matter remember that you you are the most important thing in your business the biggest assets bar none there's no strategy websites anything that can't be improved or destroyed by by you and this is where i think a lot of things come down because you can change the actions you can change the processes that you want to do but if you don't change the mindset your approach mm -hmm. the energy you're bringing to it even that won't work so that actions and mindsets they both have to change so it sounds like yeah we have to take the full approach it's the it's the entirety is is the work that you do mm -hmm. and really looking at how how are they treating their unconscious minds because like when we think of mindset it's 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 a really big buzzword in the coaching world and and yet when we think of what's set like what is setting our mind and typically it can be social constructs um, constructs of how we thought we, what we should be doing, what I call mm. plagiarized programming that beats down our actual unconscious mind that is, is wanting to reveal itself to us in different ways. And so I look at like also somatically, I take my first business, my 13 years of training the body in Pilates and look at how are the symptoms of your business manifesting through your body? How, what are the somatics that are being experienced? Like some of my clients, when they come to me and they're like, I, I have a question that I regularly ask them at, before every session of like, what's your body feeling? And they're like, oh, this is kind of aching and this is kind of aching or, oh, it's all located on one side. And maybe that's their feminine side and they're not letting themselves receive, or they're struggling with like a really tight in their shoulders on their masculine side. And so it's, it's causing constriction because they're trying to be like super regimented and control freakish. So I use a ton of different modalities. Like I, I like to say to my clients, I throw the kitchen sink at you because I, it is my job to push you to that breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And to find the right thing. And to find exactly one way of working. And this is what we found is it doesn't work. It's like, what works for you? What's going to help you? And mm -hmm. I love that you kind of brought in the body because we all know that you know the body is is eighty percent of the of the information. Your brain is only twenty. So, but we have been so conditioned to think, to overthink. And as a as a splenic projector in the human design, it's like yeah. I need to learn to trust myself. I need to be able to do this. This is the way I work in in the world. So intuition, you know, to feel it, not think it, but feel it. So to be able to listen to your body, the pains, the aims, the, the pains, the, the, all these things, but to be able to understand that and not, mm -hmm. yeah, what's your intuition telling you? And if you pause and think, it's like you just lost it. Your body was telling you, but you have learned to overrule it. How can we get back in tune with our body? So can you talk on that for a little bit about listening to our body? As we call it, listen to the whispers before they become screams. Mm -hmm. I believe it. the the whispers start with breath. Like if you think of a, a whisper in, I love the word that you used is whisper that it's a breathy voice, the small breathy voice. And so there's a lot of breath and, and breath um, is very correlated to spirit. And there's a lot of etymology in the history of the word breath that comes back to spirit. And so first, if we want to be inspired, we have to be breathing. And when we are stressed, we typically only breathe in the top one third of our lungs. We're not actually leveraging the power of our diaphragm and our rib cage. 
And what that does is it locks our ribcage and protects us from our greatest asset as a leader, which is our heart and being able to breathe into that space. So first I always say, start with your breath, start breathing. That was one of the biggest conditions that I, uh, that I didn't realize I was doing back when I was 19 and had my first Pilates business, but I was leveraging the power of the parasympathetic nervous system to override my conditioning of being in sympathetic reaction, fight, flight, freeze mode for, and that would just came from my history of growing up with an addict for a father. Um, and that experience I, by learning and teaching and doing Pilates on a regular basis, I was activating the parasympathetic nervous system because that's what you do in uh, Qigong yoga and Pilates are three forms of exercise that do that as well as Tai Chi. I was activating the parasympathetic nervous system in a way of also strengthening everything from the core. So everything in Pilates comes from the core of who you are, comes from the core, your center, and then everything else is extremities. And you take that model and you bring that into your business of what is the core of your business? What is that core structure that is that, that you're forming, that you're creating? And what are all the other, the other auxiliary systems that kind of go along with it? And how, how can you personify your business as a human um, and think of it in terms of the systems and the structure? I want to pause on that. That is a yeah. great point. The personification of a emotion of a business. Um, if this is a complete tangent, because you said that, I'm like, I'm going down this rabbit hole. because that's, <laughs> That is a great principle to personify your business, to not believe that your business can actually provide for you. For example, you're actually telling it, hey, I don't think you can provide i don't i don't trust you if you're not my plan a and you're going all in i need some help if that was a person how do you think it's going to react to that flow the give and receive so to personify your business to ask it questions what what do you want dear one what do you want where are we going oh my gosh it changes the whole complexion it changes the whole dynamics and that was what my article in Forbes was about. I said, it's literally called, called, are you in an it's complicated relationship with your business? Because so often we think of our businesses as part of our identity. Your business is not you. And it's also not your baby. Like that's, that's a big uh, metaphor and cliche that I hear. It's like, oh, my business, it's my baby. And I'm like, I'm like, no, it's not your baby. Like Um, if you drop, I think it's Elizabeth Gilbert's your it's baby. Flip it mm-hmm. around. Now you're not so protective over it. Now it's taking care of you. That perception shift, that could be a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you personify it outside of yourself and you think, if I was in a relationship with this business, like, would it actually want to support me? Or am I being a bit of a controlling freak with it? And like, am mm-hmm. I trying to control every one of its moves? Am I trying to, uh, do all the things myself and make sure that it's so taken care of that it doesn't have like, it's, it's like just bubble wrap it in a nice little bubble wrap, like, and make sure that I I do everything because it's just, it it can't sustain itself. And so you infinitize it, infantilize it. I think that's a word. We're just, it's good enough for me. I'll take it. But also (laughs) are you, are you dating it? Are you wooing it? Are you treating it well? Are you having little secret meetings with it and having the excitement? Oh my word, there's there's so much you can put into this. And again, back to your original points, finding the right thing for you. Find the right way to engage with your business. What serves you and what's not? What's actually hindering you? So Mm -hmm. let's flip this around now because we're talking a lot about here's what other people should do. Here's what we've found. Let's talk about us. So your business, what was it like for you when you decided, yeah, hell yeah, this this angle where you are right now, this is what I want to do. 
So I discovered crown yourself because it very much came to me as a divine download back in 2014 when I was on my honeymoon prior. I had just been bought out of my e-commerce company three weeks before I got married, went off on my honeymoon and was like, what am I doing when I get back? I have no idea. Um, Cause I had been the president of an e-commerce company. We took a product to market, got it in all the major magazines. It was up on the New York times billboard square. Like I pitched it to the first round of shark tank auditions. Like we were on its way. And then my business partner suddenly was like, Nope, I want, I want, I want you out of the business. And I was like, I was shocked. And yeah. that was the first summer that I had ever experienced lawyers um, and that side of the business. Yeah. And it was a, it was a volatile experience for me because they don't say the nicest things when they're, when <laughs> they're not on your side. And so all of my limiting beliefs that I thought I'd dealt with in every other area. I never doubted myself when it came to my career. I was always this courageous freight train where I would just say yes and just full embodied go for it. Yeah. But I had every single fear projected back at me for that summer. Mm-hmm. And finally, when we signed the buyout agreement, I was free, gone. And then I went off on my honeymoon and I was like, what do I do when I get back? And my husband and I were brainstorming on like, good like you do on your honeymoon. And I was thinking of how all these interests, because I'd, I'd been a screenwriter and and that hadn't fully fulfilled me, even though I got my film produced and distributed by uh, Lionsgate and on Netflix. And like, I'd, I'd loved writing. I loved health and fitness. I loved uh, the body. I loved e-commerce and, and having a business. And I, and I loved, I figured out the body. I figured out relationships. And I said, like, there's something holistic in this picture. And I'd been a pageant girl. So I leaped off the couch after probably way too many espressos. And I said, crown yourself. And my husband's like, what's that? And I said, that's the name of my company. And he's like, what do you do? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> that's Yeah. Don't know about that. Don't know all that stuff. It's we have the but, idea. We have this. Yeah. But of course I went through what I call productive procrastination and I bought the domain name and I got the website and I spent a lot of time on the logo. And for a year and a half, I made no money in my business because I was so scared of rejection. I was Mm -hmm. terrified of it. I was terrified of putting myself out there making sales. So I did all these timid activities that were safe and contained. And then I found out I was... Just jump in okay. there. Were these traits that were new thanks to what you've just been through recently, or are these ones that you think were have always been there, but they never sort of showed themselves to you? That's a wonderful question, Mark. I let me reflect on that for a minute. I think yeah, yes and yes. Actually, a little bit of both. Um in my past businesses, I knew the value of certain things like getting customers. Mm. And I think through the time that I was president of an e-commerce company with my business partner, I accepted a lot of the programming of a lot of what we were doing that was fluff, quite frankly, like rather than really doubling down on the things that actually make a business a real business, which is sales. Um And so from that perspective, I think I adopted a lot of that and was kind of playing safe in that space. Oh, so you were able to do what we call it, faux action, side quests, squirrel syndrome, doing all this other stuff. And it was like- What are those words? (laughs) Squirrel syndrome, squirrel syndrome, okay. All the dumb shit that we couldn't be doing, but you were protected. You had the business, it was doing well. So you had this experience that all this stuff 
was needed, was okay, or mm-hmm. that protected you from, I mean, I don't have to do all this other stuff because I've, I've got all this other stuff to do and I'm really, really busy. Is that, I mean, it's a really generalization, but is that kind of how it was? A, a little bit. Like it was, there was enough, like I was focused more on the sales and he was really focused on the um, the admin sort of stuff, the, those pieces. And so I got to actually work in this space of being more the visionary of being able to see where it was going and, and being in that role. And then, and then taking on the, the, the marketing and the sales and where things started to get conflicted in that relationship was when I started to take over the marketing and the sales. We had originally hired and delegated that out and we weren't seeing the results. And I said, Mm. how hard can it be? Um, I've had a business before (laughs) I can do this. And that was when we started to run into a lot of values conflict. And that translated when I had my own business into recognizing that I was still blaming my former business partner for my, for my, for where I was, for how not far I'd come. Um, and I had, so this transferred into your business. So as you were in your new business and you were doing like the marketing, the sales, all these other things that you need to do, you found these, as you said, some of the traits from the past, some are like, Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, these are brand new. I didn't know I had this fear. Oh, I'm in my way. What, mm-hmm. what was it like as you started to see these and then as a solopreneur, you have to start to overcome them yourself? Yes. Um, it was when I started to recognize the patterns of what I call financial bulimia, which was really what I was in, because I recognized the same patterns of doubt. Um, I had struggled with bulimia from the age of 12 to the age of 22. I recovered with no psychological or medical intervention. It really was a testament to the training of Pilates, the somatic work that I was doing. Um, I recognized where I, and the the way I I was thinking, I was in a a mindset of blame, shame, and comparison. Mm -hmm. And because of that, when I saw that contrast and I said, oh, I've done this before. I've solved this problem. I I did it for my body. And so as soon as I recognized the strategy that I was playing, that was a familiar strategy of victimhood, quite frankly, when I realized that strategy, that was when everything started to shift and it helps because I found out I was pregnant and I had a very, very strong motivation to no longer be that, that person who was in a a mindset of blame, shame, and comparison, total victim status, um, Mm. as far as, um, my mindset was. And I realized I also had a nine month deadline. So I had to figure some things out. And that's what, Oh, that always helps things, right. To have a deadline. It really does. Now we've got to actually get to work and do this thing. And the procrastination, the putting things off the, again, squirrel syndrome, faux action, all this stuff starts to refine. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest piece was in that refining, I had to recognize what parts of the identity that I thought I was, I had to shed. I had to shed the title of CEO because I remember this so clearly. Um, I went to one of my Pilates clients and I was so excited about my new business cards. And I was like, I got the new business card, the CEO. And my, my client, he was a very big DP in Hollywood. And he was like, CEO of what? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? I have a company. I have a website. And he was like, okay. And, and it hit me. 
it really hit me because I was all like, so impressed. It was my ego inflation. Yeah. And that was when I really had to take into account. And I was like, no, I'm a solopreneur. I'm not a CEO managing a, a, an employee staff of 50. It's very different responsibilities. Hmm. And I think that there is a projection of our egos when we start a business that we think, oh, that, that makes us on par with all of the, the businesses that I've ever been. We're like, we're all CEOs. You know, there's a very different in the level of the roles of the amount of responsibility. And oh with gosh, great- so right with, with that area. I mean, we were joking offline before about, you know, mm-hmm. we talk about you know, the kind of clients that we work with. It's solopreneurs and CEOs, two very different people. They're just words. They don't mean anything because you can be a CEO with the traits of the solopreneur. And a mm-hmm. CEO, as you said, you were a CEO. Technically, of course you were legally yeah. in the, the business. Yeah. However, you were still, you had a job, you had a one-man business, one-woman business. It was, okay, it doesn't mean anything. So to be a true CEO team responsibility delegation um leadership systems <laughs> S- systems oh my gosh systems. All these things to play. so yeah if we can just fast forward to like today because there's a mm-hmm. there's so much sort of evolution with your story mm-hmm. so as you've sort of come through this and built your business and gone through lots of sort of life transitions obviously now you've got everything fixed there's no challenges oh, no yeah. problems right that's the way it works yeah. Yeah. Life, life is great. You know, my toddler doesn't break anything. <laughs> so even with this knowledge, I mean, we, as, as we grow, as we evolve, we hit the next level and it's like, ah, oh, shit, there's more challenges. Different things happen. There's more, there's a different level of identity. Again, solopreneur, entrepreneur, CEO, investor, you can have different places in between, but mm-hmm. what's even with your experience, even with what you coach, What's tough for you right now? What challenge do you still see that you either have to work at or it's like, oh my gosh, this is brand new? I think it's, um, as we were talking off offline before, I discovered a new level of boundaries and I never thought I had an issue with boundaries. I'm like, I've got contracts in place. We've got very strong boundaries with team, we've got deadlines. And yet still in certain areas, now, not always is it this, I, I, I love to say it's not new level, new devils, it's new level. It's the same dang devil. You're just at a higher level. So you're looking at the, the, the same devil from a different perspective. And so I think of evolution and our growth as, as like a spiral staircase. So when you're in that space, like I realized just recently, I was like, oh my gosh, am I having a boundary issue with my clients? Like, is that, or an alignment issue or a clarity? And I realized that, yeah, there, there was a model that I was marketing to for the majority of my business for coaching that I realized is actually not the people that I am serving now, like, and want to, and, and like love serving, like, and I've, being able to recognize that there's still some clients lingering who are in a different space and in a different level. And we're kind of wrapping those packages up, but just being able to recognize like that there are certain things that I'm needing to tighten down on a mm. little bit and just refining, okay, here's our boundaries with this. Here's, here's, here's another SOP that, that I didn't know that we needed. And suddenly now we need um, just being able to recognize those those patterns of evolution. And I think the biggest thing for me is I'm able to have awareness a lot faster. So it's not that problems don't go away. Like Mm -hmm. they will always be there. That's part of being an entrepreneur is it's our job to solve problems. And 
there has been an identity shift within me as well as a leader from the space of when I started my business, I wanted freedom and that was great. But, and I was serving some clients, but the level of clients that I get to work with now and the, the, where we're going and where we're headed, like it is ha- it is that mindset shift from like, I just want my freedom and freedom to, you know, do what I want and, you know, work from wherever and all that to actually know, like, I want to serve by solving your problems. Like I want to serve with solving a problem, very different mindset. One is from a, it's not good or bad. It's just different. And I think every entrepreneur in order to sustain their, their, being in business has to shift into solving problems. I was going to say it's, it's more inclusive because it brings in the business. It brings in the process. It brings in everyone. I mean, it's good to know what you want, what you're trying to build for yourself by association of others, but to be more inclusive with it. I like that kind of angle. And I want to just go back on one thing you said earlier about, you know, this new level, same devil. So we'll hear this buzzword, new level, new devil, all this stuff. It's like, yeah, okay. It's a buzzword. But how do you really feel about it? And Katie, her analogy of this is, it's like you have a challenge. And all of a sudden, you know, a different situation comes up and it comes back in with like a fake mustache and fake glasses. It's like, I'm not this problem, honest. It's like, yeah, you kind of yeah, are. Yeah, you're kind of the same problem. And this, this continues to happen over time because there can only be a, a small amount of core root challenges. I mean, we, we put it down to, it's either a fear, it's a doubt, it's either an overwhelm. One of three. It can only be one of three. It's like, cool, with that knowledge, at the next level, maybe it's fear of success. Then maybe it changes to fear of failure. Oh my gosh, maybe the fear of loss is underneath all of those. So once you can start to piece this together, and what we found is those beliefs that you, the false beliefs, the stories that you know, that wouldn't be your demise. It's those that you don't know. It's those that you don't identify. These are the biggest killers of the business and the business owner. And that's where stress lives. Oh my word. So as you go through this level up, as you've gone through this journey, where's, where's your focus now? My focus is entirely on delegation and leadership. So shifting into, from being a manager Mm. to being a leader, I realized that in my journey of hiring, I'd hired a lot of really amazing tacticians, which is great. You need those in your business. And yet why was I still feeling so much responsibility? Why was I not yet in that space of leadership and visionary like I wanted to be? And it was because I was still in the managerial roles. I was still operating in those roles. And when I realized I need to give my team responsibility, because the difference between the tactician and the manager is the manager has the responsibility to hit the KPIs. And so when I was putting all the responsibility on myself to like, make sure the landing page, like would it be be improved and okay, oh, it's not converting as much. And now we need to have it convert better. Like those or the sales conversations and how do we make those convert better? When I realized I needed to remove myself from that position and I'm still in the process of doing this. Like, it's not like, it's not a clean break. It's like. Step one, you removed yourself from the the bottom level. It's like, oh, look, I've, I've removed, I've stepped away. And then you pause, be like, hold on. I just moved upstairs one floor. I've I've got to go another floor. This mm-hmm. understanding. So what's what's the hardest thing for you during this? What is what's tough right now? 
I would say it is in being able to look at all of the priorities and then delegate the responsibility. Do you secretly, do you like responsibilities? It's something you really enjoy. I do. It's a, <laughs> it's weird. I think it's because honestly, I come, I came from, it's, it's swinging the pendulum yeah. from the space of, um, being the victim and having that victim mindset into that, that pendulum of like, okay, now I'm taking full responsibility for everything. Oh, and while you didn't overcompensate, did you? Oh my <laughs> word. <laughs> yeah, probably. And I oh, like, and I had to swing, I'm still swinging the pendulum of ownership back into where it actually is, which is just like taking a hundred percent ownership, but not a hundred percent of somebody else's ownership and learning yeah. where those boundary lines are. Like I said, boundaries, again, was a, a, an issue that was coming up. And that's where I'm looking at, like, where is this line for me? Um, and where is this line where the other person needs to take full responsibility over their own behavior and results? Yeah, there's, there's one principle at play here. Um, the law of rhythm, that mm -hmm. flow, we will always get caught up in this. And you've just eloquently said, you know, you went from you know, victimhood, through to over responsibility almost the sort of martyr type there is that completely if we're able to on a different level lift ourselves up and out of the people on the podcast you can't see my hands moving it's like a pendulum <laughs> like, it goes from yeah. one side to the other if you can lift yourself up and not be swept away by this the law of rhythm is always going to swing but we don't have to get caught up in it we can see it go so it's very spiritual it's very mental with this prospects this this principle but if we can do that and find the right way for you you won't get caught up and these things we're more in control now we can see it and we can drop back in when we need to there's something kind of beautiful in there in that analogy does that yeah. help is that is that good oh yeah that's i i love that analogy and that you brought up you know one of the laws of the universe that just speaks to my soul so the, uh, because everything, it is vibration. And I think when you rise up from that low, that rhythm and you move into that vibration and it is an embodiment of a vibration, like mm -hmm. I was dealing with a challenging situation, um, just earlier this morning. And I knew that in order to come on to this podcast and to be in a space where I could speak vulnerably and be open and, you know, share with, with, you know, not pride, but for lack of a better word, pride of just like owning my own accomplishments as well. Like that, that, that I had to raise my vibration. And, and it's such a catchphrase these days of like, what, what do you, what do you mean? Raise your vibration. Like, so I, I, for me, I do simple embodiment practices of like, I went for a walk outside. Like I went to go say hi to our goats, just, you know, a few hours and like a few minutes in the sunshine of just being able to feel the sun and just like, look at how the goats, like they just stare at me blankly and they don't really have a care and just, <laughs> just being. They're not noticing. judging you for about what you're about to say on a podcast, right? Yeah. They're like, not judging me for anything. They're not saying, oh, you know, we totally saw that, that last coaching call that was, you know, or we saw, or we totally saw that mistake that you made. They're, no, they were just like, we're just goats and we got floppy ears and like, maybe we'll come say hi. Maybe we won't. Um, so I went out and said, said hi to them. I just took a moment to just like be in nature. And I think sometimes like, and I, I know this is for me, and this is a topic that I work on with my clients, like what season are you in? 
Because sometimes our seasons, the season of business that we may be in may not be matching with our personal season. Like I'm coming out of a winter. I went, I lost a, a lot of people in the past three years and had two major transformations with two like major moves, one countrywide from Australia to here to, to, and then from um, Australia to the US and then from California to Texas. So I had two major moves, had a child, lost four family members, including my father. And that experience was like my body and my nervous system is catching up from being in this like yeah. winter of grief and recognizing that even though my businesses are in a space of scaling, like, gosh, communication Queens is like hot and heavy summer. Like, woof, it is like an awesome summer right now. It is passionate. Like I am so excited for it and I can get swooped up in that passion, but also remembering that like, I'm still kind of back there and like yeah. coming out of into spring and I'm still blooming as that leader. And, and eventually they may match, but sometimes they don't. And the same is true for any season of any relationship that you're in, whether it's a relationship with your business or your money or your partner or your kids, like there's always a different season. And I think recognizing that we're, we are natural beings and we're part of that, that that really can help with perspective and giving yourself also a little bit of grace. I know I had to. I think that's, that's massive. Bring it back down to the natural laws, bring it back down to the seasons, basics, things that we often forget. And to put it in that perspective, it's like, oh, you can see things do change. Change is natural. There has to be, there's always things going on. So as we level up, as we change season, it's, it's huge. So there's that allowance, there's that forgiveness. There's that, and it all comes back down to understanding, understanding, information, awareness. That is the core of everything. So, hey, Kimberly, thank you so, so much for, for being here today, for sharing with us and, and just playing over these topics. It's, it was so much fun to talk about your business and behind the scenes, what, what you go through. Absolutely, Mark. It's been a pleasure to be here with you. And thank you for the reflective of all the reflective questions. I, I love this interview and I think you're very talented at what you do. Thank you very much. And look, if you want to find out more about you and the amazing work that you do, where can they find you? If you're interested in transformational leadership coaching, you can head on over to crownyourself.com. And if you're looking to leverage podcasting as a form of lead generation for your business, you can head on over to communicationqueens.com. Awesome stuff. Well, thanks again. It's been so much fun. It's been an absolute pleasure. Amazing, Mark. Right back at you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.